The Fitness Hacks Podcast, Episode 22. Today we're talking about the five biggest mistakes beginners make running Facebook ads. Welcome to the Fitness Hacks Podcast by Redefining Strength. Breaking down fitness and the fitness business with some of the best names in the industry. And here are your hosts, Corey Lefkowitz and Ryan Heenan. I was really resistant to ever running Facebook ads. Ryan was like, you need to do this. It's a great way to grow your business. And I was really scared and really nervous, and I really pushed it off for a very long time. But once I started running Facebook ads, I saw a huge difference, not only in the traffic I got to my website, but how I could reach clients and build my clientele both in person and online. Facebook ads have definitely been a hot topic over the last couple of years. And I think anybody who's gone into any realm of the fitness industry has heard Facebook ads, run Facebook ads, run Facebook ads. And so many people have had great results with them, but at the same time, so many people have had terrible results and say they don't work. So it can be kind of confusing when you're taking advice from different people on what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing, because you know you don't want to be wasting money, yet Facebook is probably the most powerful platform in the world to reach your target audience. Today, we're going to go over five different things that will sort of help you get started. But even knowing these things, you're going to need to experiment. You're going to need to find a way to make them work for you. So when you run your first ad, when it doesn't work magically and give you this huge business, you've got to know that you've got to put in a little bit of time and experiment a little bit with it. And you can't get discouraged when that first one isn't quite as good as you'd like. Because even now, I'm constantly split testing things. I'm constantly running one ad and trying to beat it. And that's going to be the way you're going to have to go as you develop who your avatar is, as you learn how to target better, as you learn how to sort of choose your images, choose your message to really direct it at that avatar. And remember, Facebook ads are just like anything else. It's not possible to jump into something and be good at it right away for most people. So when you're experimenting with Facebook ads, keep that in mind and don't get frustrated and say it doesn't work when you try it one time and you don't get instant results. Remember, instant results don't work anywhere. There's always that duck and you see those, you know, the duck calm on the surface and underneath the feet are going like a mile a minute. And that's the way it is with anything. You have to sort of work at it to get it to look so effortless and make it really work for you. So let's jump into the five biggest mistakes beginners make when running Facebook ads. And number one is a good one. And it's probably the most important because if you don't have this one and don't follow this, the other four won't be relevant. But number one is having no goal when you're running your Facebook ads. You have to know what the objective of your Facebook ad is, because not only do you select an objective when you're starting to create the ad, but you have to know because you have to have sort of what you want this person to do when they see your ad. If you don't have something that you want to to bring a client towards, if you don't have an opt-in or some sort of end goal for that lead you're trying to generate, you're going to basically be running an ad for no reason. And Facebook gives you a lot of options. So if you don't know exactly what you're looking for, you know, look at what they're suggesting and think about it. If you're a personal trainer and you want to get more clients, then your goal is going to be to generate leads on that Facebook campaign. And the best part is, is Facebook does direct you, as Ryan said, and you can choose conversions and even put conversion pixels on pages and then retarget those people. So there's lots of options and Facebook does give you a way to set goals. But the reason you need to know them, as Ryan mentioned, was because if you want to lead, you've got to set up a way to to 
get that lead. So having that goal not only helps you create the ad, but it helps you create the landing page, what goes on that landing page, you know, what that person does after they come to your landing page. So no goal, really no result from that ad. Even if you're getting, say, a click for eight cents, you know, that's great, but you have to have something that you're trying to actually accomplish with it. Otherwise, you're wasting money and you're maybe sending this person to a page that does nothing. And when you have a goal, you know who you're trying to advertise to as well. If you're a personal trainer and your goal is to get more female clients that are 35 to 50, you know, having that in mind is going to help you when you start crafting that ad and putting it out there for people to see. That brings us to mistake number two. You need to have an avatar. You need to work on your targeting. You have this goal and this goal is directed at a specific person. So now you have to make sure that you actually target that person with your ad. And the great part about Facebook is not only can you target by zip code, by area, by country, but you can target by interest and any other demographic. They have everything there and you can pick from it. But In order to pick what you need to get that audience, you need to actually know who your audience is in the first place. And if you've listened to any episode in the past of the Fitness Hacks podcast, you've probably heard us talk about the avatar over and over and over. And the reason we do is because it's so, so important. No matter what you do, if you have an app, if you have an online fitness business, if you're a personal trainer, you need to know that client that you're going after and you need to know as much about them as you possibly can. So what makes Facebook's platform so great compared to something, you know, say like uh, Google AdWords, when you're targeting on Facebook, you're not targeting by keyword like you would on AdWords, but rather you're targeting based on a set of parameters that you can define for the people that would be most likely to be interested in what you're offering. So that avatar, and like Corey mentioned, you can choose females or males, you can choose an age range, you can choose where they live within a certain radius, you can choose what they're interested in, you can choose if they've been to a certain location within the past you know, certain amount of time. All of these things, if you don't pay attention to those and you don't know, you know, if, if you're training that 35 to 50 year old female, do they shop at Target or do they shop at Neiman Marcus? All of these things are going to factor into your targeting. If you're going for that 35 to 50 year old female, you don't want to just say, show this ad to everybody. And that's a big mistake people make a lot of times. And, and, you know, Going into Facebook ads, a lot of people think the most important thing, they find an image they like and they say, I'm just going to pump this out there and people are going to like it and you know buy my stuff. But if you're not showing that to that right person, it's going to be a wasted ad. I've coached numerous people with, you know, creating their first Facebook ads and they create that first one and they think they have everything right. And then they're spending lots of money to target one person. And what they don't realize is that you need to experiment with your targeting. What you target even in person might be slightly different on Facebook. And one of the best things you can do for yourself is find your your avatar. So even if it's an in-person client, if it's an ideal client, whatever it is, go find that person on Facebook or that person that seems to like all of your, your posts, maybe that's one of your friends, and go look at their interests. See what they're looking at. See what pages are similar to that. See who's interacting on those pages and then go target that. I mean, we're all Facebook stalkers. Use that to your advantage and really delve into who your avatar is so that you can focus your goal, your landing pages, your images, your headlines, everything directed at appealing to that person. Because if you want to help that person, you've got to know what makes them tick. You've got to know how you can answer their questions. And all of your advertising is then shaped by that specific person. And so once you have that goal, 
and you have that avatar and you know how you're going to target them because you've looked through Facebook's targeting and they make it so easy to set up and find the different interests and everything like that. The next thing we're going to focus on is your landing page. So your landing page is really the first point of contact off of Facebook that you will have with this person, with this prospective client. You need it to have some continuity. So whatever ads you use, whatever language you use in the ad, it needs to be reflected on that landing page. Because, you know, if you have this person doing a pull-up on the the ad and then they go to the sales page and it has nothing to do with pull-ups, the person's going to be really confused. They're probably going to click back. If you're appealing to them in one way saying, you know, ladies, let's do that first pull-up. And then the next one's like, hey, want abs of steel? They might want abs of steel, but that's not why they came there. And they're not necessarily going to be interested in really reading more or clicking through or opting in. So you want to make sure there's continuity between what they're seeing on Facebook and when they come to your page. You're guiding them down this path. And let's say using that pull-up example, if you're framing the ad as a question, like, do you want to improve your pull-ups? And you send them to a landing page that has enter your email for the five tips that you can implement today to start improving your pull-ups and you have the same image from the ad on the landing page, that's a great example of continuity because you're essentially answering the question that piqued their curiosity. You asked the question, do you want to learn how to do more pull-ups? And now you're giving them the answer in exchange for their email address. One mistake that beginners make all the time is they'll send that ad to their homepage, which has no direction. So I want to learn how to do a pull-up. Now, welcome to my website. You know, here's all about me. That's not what they're looking for. You're not answering their question. So you really want to make sure that landing page that you send them to works in congruence with that ad to have that continuity element to have, you know, to close that circle, so to speak, once they click the ad. We started with mistake number one, which was the goal. And the landing page is your goal. The action they take there is why you started running this ad in the first place. You know, that can be a lot of different reasons. And we've talked about it in the past. You know, it can be sending them to a blog post so that you can retarget them and know they're interested in a subject. It can be for an opt-in. It can even be because you're retargeting that you're trying to make a sale. But you have to have a goal. You have to have some action they can take, not just, as Ryan mentioned, here is my website, come to my website, because that's something that you're of throwing money at with no idea of what they're doing once they get to that page, what they're looking at even, or where they're going. Yeah, that's very true. And to clear clarify on the landing page, there's no necessarily right or wrong answer that fits in this one box. It's a, it's a gray area depending on what your goal is. So you might want to have you know, a long form sales letter, or you might want to have just a headline to collect an opt-in. And that really depends on what you're selling and how much time you're asking them to invest in that landing page and how much money potentially if you're running it to a sales page. But the big thing is to have that continuity between the two, the ad and once you get the click on that landing page. And depending on what that landing page is, what that end goal is, that will change maybe how much copy you have in the ad. Because if you are trying to make a sale on that landing page, you're going to have to woo them a little bit more. You're going to have to give them a little bit more information. People don't just want learn how to do a pull up and here's the sales page. They want why am I going to click over this page? And you want to prime them to be like, oh, I really like this information. Okay, I'm going to read on. I'm interested in their product. Versus, you know, hey, maybe if you're giving them five tips, it can be a little shorter in the ad because you're basically saying, look, I'll give you all this information. You put your email in. So you want the copy, you want the image also to sort of 
promote your goal and draw your audience towards where you want them to go. And really think about the value of what you're offering and what that person is investing. If you had that headline, do you want to learn how to improve your pull-ups? And you took them to a page that had a headline that said, enter your email for these five tips that you can implement today versus, okay, then buy my pull-up product for $97. Those are two very different things and two very different barrier to entries. So I'm not saying that selling a $97 product won't work, but if it does work, you're going to have to put a lot more content on that page and sell and make sure your copy is solid too. So think about what your goal is and what you're trying to get them to do and make the copy that matches. Not only does there need to be continuity between the ad and the landing page, but there also has to be continuity with who your avatar is. So if you're trying to target women, you might not want to put a big six pack abbed man with huge lats on your sales page or even in your ad. So there has to be some continuity between who the avatar is and the images and the copy and the language that you use in general to talk to that person that's clicking on that ad and coming over to that sales page. So far, we've covered having no goal, targeting, and landing pages. So those are the three things you need to nail down and mistakes that you need to avoid making And going into this next one is where, in my opinion, the fun starts because this is when you get to start playing around with the ads. And this is not creating enough different variations of the ads that you run. The first way to start creating multiple ads is simply when you create that first ad. So when you create that first ad, you might use the same headline, you might use the same copy, but Facebook gives you the great option of choosing six different images. So right off the bat, you can create six different ads and you can split test images to see which ones work best. And you can let them run for a while. And this is where you have to be patient because I know we all want to see instant results, but you have to let them go for you know a little bit of time And you have to see which one's working best. And once you know which image is working best, you shut off all the rest. And guess what? You start a new ad and test out some more images. Or maybe next time you take the same image and now you test out a different headline thinking, okay, this image seems to be getting great response. So I'm going to take this image. I'm going to use this image. And now I'm going to test out six different headlines. But now is when you sort of play around with the language and see what speaks to people best. Because while we have this image of, oh, I created a great product. They must want it. Oh, I know how to talk to my clients. Okay, you might. But this is where you find out what is the best way to talk to them. And Facebook has a great built-in stock image library. So even if you don't have professional photos, Facebook has this whole library at your fingertips that you can use and that you can test. And as Corey mentioned, if you're you know, targeting females in that 35 to 50 demographic, you don't want to search for male bodybuilder and run that as one of your images. And so also to clarify one thing on this, when we talk about running multiple different ads and multiple different variations of the single ad. We're not talking about running multiple ad sets here. We're talking about running multiple variations of a single ad. The thing is, is you can even run different ads. So 
while you're split testing headlines and you're split testing images, you can also be running other campaigns for likes, for you know sending them to the blog post to then retarget with a different ad. So you want to use the ads and all the different goals that Facebook has to your advantage too. So it's not only split testing, but it's also using it so then you can retarget knowing exactly who that avatar who's interested in something already is. Because say you run them to the blog page and then you can retarget them. You can retarget them with a different ad. So it's constantly using all the different goals that Facebook has, as well as all the different split testing options. And to make sure that you use all of them, don't use two, don't use three, use all six because Facebook wants you to use all six because they want to collect the data from your ad that you're running. So they're going to reward you for running all six, you know, different variations on that image. Try different copy lengths, you know, try the video ad, try the carousel ad. You need to test out all these different things because while you might have a personal preference, your personal preference doesn't matter. Sometimes I pick out images and I'm like, oh, this image just looks amazing. It's exactly what I want. And then I put in some other ones and I'm like, yeah, this one's kind of crappy, but you know, whatever. It, it, it has the movement that I want. And that crappy one that I kind of push the side is the one that people love the most. So don't let personal preferences get in the way. Really think outside the box and think, hey, you know, what would this avatar be looking for? What other images are they responding to? And then test them out and use all the different options. Don't get stuck in what you think. Don't get stuck in, you know, just putting a question always as the headline or only one sentence. Try some long copy. Try some short copy. See what your audience responds to. And once they respond to something, turn off the things they're not responding to, but then still try and beat it. It's constantly a process of creating a great ad and then trying to one-up yourself. It's like a little game. Yeah, it's very true. And, you know, for me personally, I almost have to pull a George Costanza sometime and do the opposite of what I think would work best because a lot of times I think, boom, this is the one. And then the one I think is going to do the worst does the best. And that doesn't mean I'm an idiot. At least I hope not. And it's not going to mean you are either if the one you think that's going to work best doesn't do that well. But it's just great that you have the opportunity to test multiple different versions of this app. And as you test, you might find a real winner and then you might find that you're still not really converting at all. And that's when you start to take a look back at, you know, mistake number three, your landing page. You've got to test out the entire sort of funnel that you've created to bring people to your end goal. Because if you have great ads and, you know, you've been split testing them and you're getting great results, you're getting great click through, you know, it looks like overall the ad is working take a look at some of the other points. Don't get stuck just on the ads. Also take a look at, you know, the landing pages and maybe split sets, split test some of those because that can also sometimes be the problem. So when we're talking about the ad, it's it's really taking a whole look at the entire, all, all the steps in the process to getting the person to your end goal. So after you have all of that set up and everything's cranking and ready to go, the fifth mistake would be just kicking back and saying, all right, the ad's good. You need to track performance. And you need to track performance through every step. When you set up that Facebook ad, as we mentioned at the beginning, you can choose from a variety of goals. You need to check on your conversion. You need to check on your leads. And Facebook makes it really easy in that they lay it all out. They'll show you engagement on the post that you have. They'll show you likes. They'll show you shares. They'll even show you likes of your page. And then whatever goal you picked, they'll show you how you're doing with that one aspect. And this is sort of where, as I mentioned just a few seconds ago, you have to look at your landing page as well because you have to look at every step of the process. Facebook will tell you, you know, this is who we're sending there. This is how people are liking your ads. But, you know, 
if all those things look good and you're still not getting the result you want, you then have to look further down your process and say, hey, is my landing page not converting? You know, am I just not sending the right avatar there? Is my language bad? Is there no continuity? That's where you have to start looking at every step and tracking every step and seeing your conversions along the way. And what's great about Facebook ads, and to me, the fun part is that there's always room for improvement. So when you're tracking and you find an ad that's doing well, that's great that it's doing well, but that's an opportunity to try to make an ad that's even better. And so when you're tracking and look at looking at different elements, look where you can find spots for improvement. So if you're getting a good, you know, cost per conversion, see if you can bump the, the opt-in rate or see if you can lower the cost per click to your website. There's so many different things you can try. And if you're not tracking, you're not going to know where to look for those improvements. And with tracking, the great part is, is if you find that, you know, there's certain targeting that seems to be doing well, say, you know, you're targeting redefining strength and that's getting you great, you know, cost per click and it's getting you great interaction and it seems to be doing really well. You can even go on Facebook and type into their search bar pages similar to redefining strength and find more pages that might do even better. So if you're tracking these things and you know what's working, you can go find things that are working even better and you can cut out the things that aren't working. If you're not tracking, you might just sort of take a look at the ads and be like, crap, I'm spending a dollar. Someone said they were spending eight cents. I'm a big failure. I'm done. But the thing is, is you don't know what was working. You could have had a great ad except for one little thing. And if you had tweaked that question mark and made it an exclamation, it could have changed the whole thing. So the thing is, is if you track, you know where the issues are so you can lower your cost per click so you can get more benefit out of your ads. So let's go through the recap. I know that was a lot of information crammed into about 20 minutes. So hopefully you're not too overwhelmed. The biggest thing here is to take action and implement these things. You know, so many people go out and grab coffee every day and for about the cost of a cup of coffee at Starbucks, you can run $5 a day worth of Facebook ads. And just doing that opens you up for the potential to have not only a ton of knowledge about it, but to start actually understanding it and getting returns off of Facebook ads. The majority of people who say Facebook ads don't work, basically we're saying, I couldn't figure out how to make them work for me. If they didn't work, they would not still be around. So to recap, number one biggest mistake was not having a goal. Number two was in your targeting and not having that avatar. Number three was continuity to the landing page. Number four was not taking advantage of the split testing and not creating enough ads. And number five is not tracking that ad performance. Don't be that person that creates one ad and lets it sort of go and then claims that nothing works. You have these five mistakes and you know what they are so you can now avoid them and you can make the most of what you're spending and realize that, you know, hey, I have to track this so if something isn't working, I can turn it off and do something new. But as Ryan mentioned, you only need to spend $5. It doesn't have to be, you know, this huge ad spend at the beginning. Just commit to $5 and keep experimenting until you make the most of that money. Yeah. And one more bonus mistake is don't jump in and say, I'm going to spend 50 to $100 plus per day, because if you don't know what you're doing, that's just going to be completely throwing money away. The other thing to take with a grain of salt is when you talk to people about Facebook ads, a lot of people have had different experiences. So don't let one person's bad experience deter you from trying Facebook ads. 
and read on it. Read on Facebook. They tell you how to create ads. They tell you things to avoid. They tell you language that you shouldn't use and things that can't go in your image. So read their tutorials because they want you to succeed. And they'll also make it really easy because, you know, doing something new is always scary. And I know, as I mentioned at the very beginning, I avoided doing Facebook ads forever because they seemed overwhelming and intimidating. But when I started reading through Facebook's guidelines, it really wasn't that scary. And I sort of kicked myself for not doing it earlier. So don't feel like you can't step outside your comfort zone. You know, just read those things and take it step by step. They'll guide you through. And knowing these five mistakes that most people make, you can set a goal right from the beginning. You can have a landing page that converts because it's matched up. You know who you're going to target. You can really look into it. You can be that Facebook stalker and find all sorts of good stuff. You can track them and you can create more ads to constantly be split testing and creating something better. Facebook wants you to make money, so you keep coming back and spending money, just like we want you to succeed, so you keep coming back and listening to our podcast. So go take action while you're still motivated, while you have these you know, tips in your head. And if you need more tips and if you're trying to run a Facebook likes campaign and sort of build that to a sale, go check out episode 15 of the Fitness Hacks podcast. And if you need any help, we're always here. So don't hesitate to email me at Corey, C-O-R-I, at redefiningstrength.com. And so that's the episode for today. If you enjoyed this, you can subscribe so you get our new downloads every single week. We have a lot of cool guests coming up and also a lot of educational information like this. And if there's anything you want specifically, again, Corey gave you her email address. Send that over and we'll make an episode. Thanks for listening to the Fitness Hacks Podcast by Redefining Strength. For the show notes and more episodes, visit redefiningstrength.com.